as one of the curators of New Birth of Freedom, Civil War to Civil Rights in California. I want to thank all those who helped organize tonight's events. It's events such as this one that provide such a great opportunity to delve deeper into many of the topics that, sorry about that, okay, I'll get closer, sorry about that. <clears throat> I want to thank all those who helped organize tonight's events. It's events such as this one that provide such a great opportunity to delve deeper into many of the topics that this exhibition explores. Commemorating and reflecting on the civil rights movement in Southern California serves as one of the inspirations for the exhibition and one of our goals has been to educate our audience about the importance of Southern California and especially local Californians to the civil rights era. This event serves both those purposes. I'm honored to have the opportunity to introduce both the tonight's speakers. To begin, Dr. Art Hansen was a professor emeritus of history and Asian American studies at California State University Fullerton from 1966 until 2008. His research and specialization is the World War II Japanese American Exclusion and Detention Experience. Founded in 1968, Dr. Hansen served as the second director of the Oral History Program, and in 2003, he was the founder of the outgrowth of this program, the Center for Oral and Public History. During his long tenure at CSUF, he was the recipient of both the Outstanding Teacher Award and the Distinguished Professor Award by the College of Humanities and Social Sciences in 2003. In 2002, excuse me, through 2003, he served as the president of the Oral History Association, for which he served as the editor of its scholarly journal, The Oral History Review, from 1980 through 1987. Dr. Hansen was also the founding editor of the journal of Orange County Studies and the co-director of the Orange County Japanese American Oral History Project. In 2007, he was awarded the Distinguished Lifetime Achievement Award by the Association for Asian American Studies. Between 2001 and 2005, he served as the senior historian at the Japanese American National Museum in Los Angeles, an institution which, with which he is still affiliated as a historical consultant. My introduction to Dr. Hansen came on the cusp of his retirement when I took his community history course in the spring of 2008. Even after his retirement, Dr. Hansen has remained dedicated to sharing his love of history. That same year, he and his wife Debbie established the Hansen Lectureship, the Hansen Lecture and Fellowship Endowment to assist graduate students who are pursuing master's thesis or master's projects in oral and or public history. The fellowship exemplifies Dr. Hansen's dedication to the fields of oral and public history, and the lecture series continues to teach and inspire the campus community. Receiving this fellowship in 2010 allowed me to travel to various archives throughout Southern California, along with conducting oral histories for this exhibition. Please welcome Dr. Art Hansen as he presents his talk titled, The Masuda Family of Orange County and the American Way. Thank you, Bethany. Thank you, Bethany, for your very kind and generous introduction. And also, I want to thank you, Becky Hartke. Where is Becky? For doing such a masterful job of coordinating tonight's public program. Good evening, everyone, and thanks to all of you for being here tonight at California State University, Fullerton. We profoundly appreciate your support for not only the Japanese-American community of Orange County, past, present, and future, 
and the Orange County Agricultural and Nikkei Heritage Museum, but also the co-sponsors of this public program, the Fullerton Arboretum and the Center for Oral and Public History, as well as such closely allied and greatly valued campus-based units as the College of Humanities and Social Sciences, the Department of History, the American Studies Department, the Asian American Studies Program, the Japanese American Living Legacy Organization, and the offices of University Advancement and Public Affairs. As we gather here this evening to a, at a, uh, next to a building called the Orange County Agriculture and Nikkei Heritage Museum, we need to reflect on the integral relationship between the history of Orange County agriculture and that of the county's Americans of Japanese ancestry. And while doing so, we should keep in mind that the Masuda family of Orange County was a farm family from the time that its Issei or immigrant Japanese progenitors, Jensuke and Tamaya, settled in Westminster in 1906 or 1907, and there and later in nearby Talbert, today's Fountain Valley, raised into early adulthood their large family of Nisei, or American-born U.S. children, up until World War II. Thereupon, the Masuda family was forced to abandon their farm and exchange their life as farmers in Orange County for imprisonment in U.S. concentration camps in California, Arkansas, and Arizona, and or military service in the U.S. Army. Moreover, following the war, most of the surviving Masuda family members once again became Orange County farmers and remained so for many years of the post-World War II era. In fact, even now, the one Nisei member of the Masuda family alive today, Masao Mas Masuda, is still at the young age of 94 doing some farming at his suburban Fountain Valley home that he shares with his wife of 63 years, Lily Yuriko Masuda. In an interview that Susan Shoho Uemura did with Moss in 2006, they had an exchange that merits repetition here this evening. Susan, you tell me you still do a little farming. What do you farm now? Moss, I'm still growing Japanese cucumbers, which I like, bell pepper, California chili, tomatoes, and also sato imo. Do you know what sato imo is? It looks like taro roots, small potatoes. Susan, so you'll be farming till the very end, huh? Moss, I guess you can take the farm away from me, but you can't take the farmer away from the farm. I'm still a farmer. Moss, would you now be so kind as to stand up and allow everyone in the audience to get a glimpse of you and thereby see for themselves what a lifelong farmer looks like? Let's give Moss a show of appreciation for being with us tonight. Thank you so very much, Moss. As is quite well known, agriculture has been an important part of Orange County's history. Up until World War II and even beyond, Orange County was rated as one of the richest agricultural counties in the entire United States. In recent decades, the one-time importance of agriculture is less reflected in the county's changing landscape. 
For within the county, thousands of acres of orange groves and bean fields have been replaced and are even today in the second decade of the 21st century still being replaced with homes, office buildings, and shopping malls. There are, however, still a few remnants and reminders of the county's bountiful agricultural past, and sometimes the neatly plowed furrows that we view as we drive around the county perform double duty in that they symbolize the county's ethnic past as well. If agriculture has been an important part of Orange County's history, so too have Japanese immigrants, the Issei, their Japanese-born Nisei children, Sansei grandchildren, Yonsei great-grandchildren, and even a few Gosei great-great-grandchildren. The farmland in the county dwindles, but the memories and meanings of the farmland should not. Farming is part of the fabric of Orange County and also part of the historical and cultural weave of the county's Japanese-American community. This fact was notably brought home at the outset of the gubernatorial administrative administration of Arnold Schwarzenegger when he appointed a third-generation Orange County Japanese-American farmer, A.J. Kawamura, as his California Secretary of Agriculture. When asked what he liked best about agriculture, Kawamura, who majored in comparative literature at the University of California, Berkeley, responded, I like the fact that I work within nature and I like working with people in agriculture. I also like the fact that there is tremendous room for creativity in farming. There's a careful balance of art and science involved. During the 1870s, in the wake of the Meiji Revolution, the rapid movement in Japan toward modernization and industrialization resulted in large tax increases high levels of poverty, and a steep reduction of agricultural land for Japanese farmers. A decade later, the enactment in the United States of the Chinese Exclusion Act of 1882 prompted American farmers to complain of a lack of labor. And this situation, in turn, prompted thousands of Japanese farmers to emigrate to the United States, at first to Hawaii, but later to the mainland, particularly the West Coast, and most especially California, including Orange County. From the turn of the 19th into the 20th century, when the Issei workers first started to populate Orange County in significant numbers and to plow its field and grow and harvest its crops, Japanese Americans have not only played a prominent role in the county's agricultural production, but also contributed mightily to the steady escalating agricultural wealth boasted by the county. When the Japanese immigrants came to this county, the land was still in rather a wild state. As the 1890s decade gave way to a new century, roughly 31% of the laborers in Orange County citrus industry were Japanese immigrants. Moreover, a large number of those who worked in this county as fruit pickers and fruit packers were employed right here in Fullerton and neighboring Placencia and other North Orange County towns. Between 1900 and the mid-1920s, Japanese laborers migrated into the county in such substantial numbers as to represent the highest percentage of people of Japanese ancestry relative to the total population to ever call Orange County its dwelling place. The land in Orange County was still, even by 1900, quite unruly. But thanks in large measure to the efforts of the Japanese immigrants, the boggy bottom lands bordering the Santa Ana River were opened up to farming. Much of this land, principally that lying within the Huntington Beach 
Fountain Valley area was used to produce celery for shipping. During the first decade of the 20th century, out of the 2,000 carloads of celery that were shipped annually from Southern California, 90 to 95% of it was grown in and shipped from Orange County. One third of this Orange County celery crop was raised on land share leased by the Japanese. In 1907, this translated into 144 Issei farmers growing celery on 5,160 acres. Strictly speaking, it was not a lease that the Japanese had, but rather a contract to do the needed handwork for celery, seeding, transplanting, weeding, hand cultivating, and gathering in return for a share of the crop, which they preferred instead of a wage payment. As for the handwork supplied for the remaining two-thirds of the Orange County celery crop, it was practically all done by Japanese laborers. In the 30 years between 1910 and 1940, many of the Issei in Orange County and elsewhere chose to return to Japan and continue their lives there. Still, a significant portion of them, in spite of being barred by law, along with all Asian immigrants, from becoming naturalized U.S. citizens, and after 1913, disallowed from owning land or leasing it for longer than three years by a series of anti-Japanese alien land laws, they remained here to marry, mostly to so-called picture brides from Japan, to produce and raise typically large families of U.S. citizen Nisei children, and in time to lease and less often to buy property in their name, and with the assistance of their toil to transform themselves from agricultural laborers to fairly independent family farmers. Many of these Nikkei families became well-rooted within Orange County, and a substantial number of Issei and later older Nisei assumed respected positions within both the emerging Japanese-American community of Orange County and, to a decidedly restricted sense, in the mainstream Orange County society and culture. In California as a whole, and especially in urban areas like Los Angeles and San Francisco, where large Japan towns mushroomed to service their racial ethnic communities, the pre-World War II Japanese-American state population of 70,000 people as of 1940 was divided almost equally between those who made their living in urban and rural occupations. In Orange County, on the other hand, an authentic Japan town never materialized. Instead, although a handful of Japanese immigrants and an even smaller number of their citizen children ran businesses in modest urban centers like Santa Ana, Anaheim, and Orange, most of the county's nearly 2,000 Nikkei residents were dispersed across a predominantly rural landscape with small clusters settling around community institutions such as language schools and churches. What well more than 90% of these Orange County Nikkei did for a living was to farm and by doing so to assist in making Orange County's 795 square miles one of the state's and the nation's richest agricultural areas. Mainly pre-World War II Japanese-American family farmers contributed through the tillage of the soil and the production of various types of food, such as truck crops, field crops, poultry, and livestock, whereas the Caucasian farmers in the county specialized in citrus, grain, potatoes, corn, sugar beets, and fruits, the extensive dimension of the county's farm work, Japanese Americans added to it the complementary, complementary intensive dimension. At least five vegetables were produced in a very large quantity 
by pre-World War II Japanese Americans in Orange County. Celery, chili, tomatoes, Kentucky beans, and strawberries. Of these crops, chili pepper was the most unique crop grown by the county's Nikkei. For one thing, they produced the controlling percentage of chili peppers in the entire country, turning it into first a million-dollar industry and then a billion-dollar one. As for the celery, the Utah type grown here by Nikkei farmers consistently brought the top price of the market. This commodity added by 1940 about a million dollars a year to the Orange County economy. With respect to tomatoes, the production of canning and marketing variety represented very big business indeed, grossing something like three quarters of a million dollars per annum. Altogether, the agricultural income generated by people of Japanese ancestry in Orange County in 1940 represented between 10 and 13 percent of the total Orange County income. What the pre-war Issei farmers had accomplished under adverse conditions would not be forgotten by the American-born generations of Nikkei. In an event that occurred on the evening of March 31, 1984, whose sponsor was the Nisei-led Orange County Japanese American Council of the Historical and Cultural Foundation of Orange County, the Issei generation became the center of attention. Uh, entitled a tribute to Issei pioneers in Orange County, the event was held at the South Coast Plaza in Costa Mesa, adjacent to the California Scenario Sculptor Garden, fashioned by arguably the world's greatest sculptor in the 20th century, Izumu Noguchi, who had spent a part of World War II as a neighbor of Orange County farmers in the posting concentration camp next to the Colorado River in southwestern Arizona. Then, too, quite near to the hotel in the cultural commercial center of Costa Mesa was a street named after a post-World War II mega-millionaire, Japanese-American farmer Katsumasa Roy Sakioka. There were 660 people present that night to honor the contribution of the county's pioneering Issei, 38 of whom were in attendance. Certainly age alone in most communities, and perhaps especially so within the Japanese-American one, is a trait that commands, even demands respect. But it was clear to anyone who was fortunate enough to speak to the surviving Issei that night that they represented something more than age to praise, something connected with survival, achievement, and dignity. As Laura Sari, an Orange County Register reporter who covered this event for her newspaper, observed in her follow-up story, these three dozen first-generation Japanese-Americans shared stories about moving from farm to farm in an attempt to eke out a living, about men sending for picture brides from Japan, about sisters and brothers dying in American internment camps during World War II. Second-generation Nisei, who today are successful realtors, talked about their childhood homes, shacks with newspapers for wallpaper, produce giants remembered toiling in the fields under the hot sun. They told us their stories, many of them in their native Japanese, with a matter-of-factness that tended to heighten the personal drama. Having now provided you with a snapshot of the pre-World War II Japanese-American community in Orange County during the so-called Issei pioneer era, we need to shift our attention to the main focus of my presentation tonight, which I have titled The Masuda Family of Orange County and the American Way. Based on two oral history interviews done in 2006 with Masao Masuda, 
by respectively Susan Shoho Uemura for the Japanese American Living Legacy Organization and Takamichi Go for the Center of Oral History and the Garden Grove Historical Society were able to construct the portrait of the pre-World War II Masuda family in Orange County and trace the diverse experiences of that family through World War II and into the post-war period commonly known as Japanese-American resettlement. The Masuda's family's Issei parents, Kensuke and Tamaya, were both born and raised in Wakayama, one of the seven prefectures in southwestern Japan that supplied most of the immigrants to the United States. When Gunsuki, while still a boy, immigrated into the United States in 1898, he worked on the railroads in Oregon along with many other Issei. Some years later, Tamaya sailed to Vancouver, British Columbia in Canada, and it was there that she and Gunsuki were married. Gradually, the couple worked their way southward along the West Coast until, as I noted earlier, they settled in Orange County around 1906 or 1907. By 1908, the Masudas were blessed with the birth of the first of their ten children, eight of whom, four boys and four girls, would survive into adulthood. These Nisei offspring of the Masudas appeared on the scene in very rapid succession. Takeo in 1908, Mary Fumi in 1909, Shiz in 1911, Hisako and Nobuo in 1930, Mitsuo in 1916, Masao in 1917, Kazuo in 1918, Takashi in 1920, and Masako June in 1922. Although all eight of the Masuda progeny who reached maturity were loved by their parents and their other siblings and contributed to the family's agricultural economy and well-being, three of them, as we shall soon see, would, because of their heroic deeds, assume a place of prominence on the historical stage of both Orange County and the United States. They were Mary, the oldest daughter, June, the youngest daughter, and their brother Kazuo, or Kaz, the eighth child in the family. At the time of Masao's birth in 1917, the same year the United States entered World War I, the Masuda family was farming 100 acres of sugar beets in the Orange County community of Westminster. Thereafter, the family moved to Tustin and grew mainly tomatoes. When Moss was in grammar school around 1927-28, the Masudas moved again, this time to Fountain Valley, then known as Talbert. There they grew strawberries, string beans, celery, cabbage, a lot of what is called truck farming. All of the Masuda kids, girls as well as boys, worked on the family farm. However, most of the girls married fairly young, since in those days they were among the oldest of the county's Nisei generation and consequently married the younger Issei who had migrated to Orange County and were seeking wives. During the school year, the Masuda children went on weekdays to public grammar schools, including ones in Tustin, Fountain Valley, and Westminster, whose students were mostly Caucasian, but included some Japanese Americans. The Westminster Grammar School was destroyed by the devastating earthquake of 1933, which had its epicenter in Long Beach, but caused a great deal of damage in Orange County. On Saturday, the Masuda kids joined other Nisei in attending a nearby Japanese language school, or Gakuin. Most of the Masuda brood matriculated at and became graduates of Huntington Beach High School, where the boys developed reputations as good athletes. Moss, for example, played football, basketball, and track, in which his specialty event was the shot put. 
As for his younger brother, Kaz, he was active in football, boxing, swimming, track, and cross-country running. After high school, the Masuda boys lived and worked with their parents and siblings, growing mostly chili peppers on the Masuda farm, a 200-acre property located on New Hope Road in Fountain Valley. On Sundays, the Masudas would periodically attend religious services with other Nikkei pioneer families who lived scattered apart at roughly quarter-mile intervals, and they would go to the Wintersburg Japanese Presbyterian Mission. This structure had been built in 1910 upon an acre of land owned by Charles Furuta on Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach. And then in 1934, it was supplanted on the very same property by a new building that carried the name reflective of the enhanced status the congregation had gained four years earlier. It was now called not the Wintersburg Japanese Presbyterian Mission, but the Wintersburg Japanese Presbyterian Church. Now, before continuing with my story of the Masuda family, please allow me at this point to make an unpaid historical message. I would like to make a pitch for an ongoing effort on the part of people within and outside the Japanese American community of Orange County and today's Winterburg Presbyterian Church in Santa Ana to save for posterity these two church structures, the mission and the church, along with three other historically significant buildings representative of the Nikkei pioneer era in Orange County, a manse or a parsonage, plus the Furuta home and a barn. All of these structures are now in various states of disrepair on the Warner Street parcel currently belonging, fittingly I guess, to the Rainbow Disposal Company. These buildings, which are among the very few remaining ones in Orange County's built environment, which can be used to pass along the origin story of the county's Japanese-American community, are right now at a very serious risk of being raised. Before this dire fate befalls them, these buildings need to be relocated to an appropriate setting, such as this Fullerton Arboretum, in close proximity to the Orange County Agricultural and Nikkei Heritage Museum, and rehab so that they, in concert with the existing heritage house from the same general era of Orange County history, can be used to interpret the county's multicultural past to its profoundly multicultural present and projected future populations. This historical preservation undertaking will entail a great deal of effort and financial support to accomplish and sustain, but of course, nothing of enduring positive value, including history and heritage is achieved without considerable sacrifice. Returning now to the Masuda family story, it should be stated that most of the Nikkei families in Orange County could not attend the Wintersburg Church or other community churches on a regular basis. This is because they were mostly farm families, which meant that family members usually had to harvest crops on Sunday so that they could take them to the market on Monday morning. Even before Japan's December 7, 1941 bombing of the U.S. Uh, Hawaiian Naval Station at Pearl Harbor, then home to the main port of the American fleet, precipitated the Masuda's, Masuda's family's eventual exclusion from designated West Coast military areas, along with the rest of the approximately 2,000 other Orange Countyans of Japanese descent. Even before this time, some of the county's Nisei were required to exchange their agricultural attire for military apparel. This occurred because of the passage by Congress of the Selective Training and Service Act of 1940 on September 17, 1940, which Franklin 
Frank, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt signed into law two days later. This act, which was the first peacetime conscription in United States history, required men between ages 21 and 35 to register with their local draft boards. Ironically, a little over a year later, on October 17, 1941, both Kaz Masuda and his younger brother Tak received their draft notice to serve in the U.S. Army. The very same day, uh, as a result, these two Masuda brothers were involved in basic training for the Army. Kaz at Fort Ord, California, and Tack at Camp Roberts, California, on the so-called, they were in duty, at, uh, basic training on the so-called Day of Infamy, the name that President Roosevelt used to denote Japan's surprise December 1941 attack on Pearl Harbor. In the excellent 2009 book, narrated by Masao Masuda and written by Russell K. Showa, From the Battlefields to the Home Front, the Kazuo Masuda Legacy, which is on sale at this evening's event, and I encourage you not only to purchase, but also to read. Well, the collaborative authors of this book provide the following account of the immediate impact of the Pearl Harbor attack on the Issei leaders of the Orange County Japanese American community like Gensuke Masuda. That very night, only hours after the Pearl Harbor attack, two sheriffs came to the Masuda's residence on New Hope Road and asked, asked if there was a Gensuke Masuda living there. June Masuda Goto was 19 then and remembers holding open the screen door for the deputies. They said they came for Gensuke Masuda. Tamaya Masuda cried. Gensuke was home, and they told him they were ordered to pick him up. It was so sudden, we called Masao Masuda. They loaded my dad and other parents who were Issei's onto a bus. We asked where they were taking them, but were given no reply. The Masuda family was devastated, not knowing what their father had done to deserve such humiliating treatment. He was among 18 Orange County Japanese men man, interrogated by FBI agents that night at the county jail in Santa Ana. Ten days later, Gensuke Masuda was accused of subversive activity and sent to a stockade at Fort Missoula internment camp in Montana, administered by the U.S. Department of Justice. There was no trial, no opportunity to answer the accusations. Incensed by the arrest, the arrest of his father, Kaz wrote a letter of protest to the proper American government authorities in Washington, D.C., in which he expressed the following message. I cannot believe that my father has done any act of disloyalty towards the United States. He has been a resident of this county for over 40 years, that is to say since 1898. He's been a farmer for over 35 years. During this time, he has seen his sons and daughters grow into good, solid American citizens. Only recently has he given up the leadership of his family in favor of my older brother, Mitsuo, because of old age and ill health caused by stomach ulcers. I know my father, though an alien, is loyal to this country in which he has lived the greater part of his life. If he had been given the privilege of naturalization, I know that he would not have failed to secure the citizenship of the United States for himself. He has, in my opinion, maintained during his 44 years of residence in this country a perfect record of unquestioned loyalty. He has never been arrested for any violations of the laws of this country. That he would commit acts which endanger the safety of this country is unthinkable. At the moment of this writing, he has two sons in the armed services of this country, my brother Takashi and me. He has two other sons, Mitsuo and Masao, who are also eligible for the services. 
In all the 23 years I've lived with my father, he has never uttered a single word against the United States. He has always considered this nation his country, and I believe he has done his part in making it the great nation that we are. He did not, as so many others have done, send any of his children to Japan for any part of their education. He wanted his children to be Americans. I know that he has succeeded in his wish. He has often expressed hope that he would be able to spend the remainder of his life in the United States. I believe that his arrest and his subsequent imprisonment and internment were based on mistaken facts. I would be grateful if his release could be effected in the near future. Well, the facts behind the government's arrest of Jensuke Masuda were sent to the Masuda family subsequent to Kaz's letter of protestation. What inspired his arrest, said the federal authorities, was that Gensuke had been actively involved with the local Orange County Japanese wrestling or sumo team, which frequently held wrestling matches with sailors on leave from touring Japanese vessels. Moreover, the local club that sponsored the wrestling team had hosted these sailors to a chop suey dinner, and it was this situation that served as the basis for the charge of subversive activity against Gensuke. And it was similar innocuous activities on the part of some 2,000 West Coast Japanese alien residents in and outside of Orange County that had prompted the government in the wake of Pearl Harbor to be suspicious that Issei were possible saboteurs and spies for Japan and thus deserving of detention in alien enemy internment centers such as the one at Missoula. By late December of 1941, the armed forces ceased accepting Japanese Americans either as volunteers or draftees even though the Selective Service Act barred discrimination. Consistent with this discriminatory policy, Nisei were classified not as 1A, but rather as 4C, the classification assigned to enemy aliens. In response to a great deal of agitation from the old anti-Japanese forces in California and elsewhere on the West Coast and in scattered parts of the United States, on February 19, 1942, President Roosevelt issued Executive Order 9066, which as a matter of quote-unquote military necessity, authorized the Army to exclude any and all persons from as yet specified military zone areas. Those military areas turned out to be the southern part of Arizona and the western halves of the states of Washington, Oregon, and California. Initially, the government urged Nikkei to voluntarily relocate themselves out of the military areas and to resettle east of them. Most Californians include Orange Counties who had the wherewithal and inclination to relocate and resettle chose to do so in the eastern half of California which was then designated as a so-called free zone. Accordingly, the Masuda family moved from the 10-acre homestead in Fountain Valley which the family had just shortly before purchased in the name of one of their Nisei children and they settled in Fresno where one of the married daughters lived and maintained a vineyard. Because the Masuda family owned a new car, a 1941 Ford, as well as a truck and farm equipment that were in good condition, they took all of these items with them to Fresno. There, before too long, the family was joined by Gensuki, who had been released from the Missoula internment camp, no doubt because of the letter of protest that Kaz had sent to the government coupled with the fact that the Masudas had two sons serving in the U.S. Army. When the government decided to extend the military in California, area in California, from its western half to the entire state, the Masuda family, as with many other Nikkei families, lacked the means to undertake another move that would take them outside of the military areas. 
when the government decided to end so-called voluntary resettlement for Japanese Americans and instead institute the forced mass incarceration of the entire Japanese population, aliens and citizens alike, first in temporary assembly centers located in the West Coast region and afterwards in permanent relocation centers, mostly situated in the interior West region. All these facilities wore the trappings of concentration camps, armed guard towers, barbed wire fences, pervasive surveillance. In the case of the Masudas, they were duly imprisoned in the Fresno Assembly Center, where they remained with mostly incarcerated Northern California Nikkei for nearly two months before being transferred to the forested, rattlesnake-infested Jerome Relocation Center in Arkansas, where the summer temperatures soared to above 100 degrees and the winter months brought temperatures of below 20 degrees. They stayed at Jerome for about 20 months until the government closed it in June 1944, after which they were transferred to the Gila River relocation camp in the scorching hot and dry desert of Arizona, where they stayed until moving back to their Talbert home in July 1945, one month before the atomic bombing-induced surrender of Japan to the United States brought an end to World War II. As for Kazuo Masuda, about whom we will hear more, after Pearl Harbor, although he was not summarily discharged and assigned an alien enemy status, like most Nisei soldiers, he was transferred to a non-essential duty as a gardener. Then, too, although a top graduate of a radio class receiving instruction in Morse code and theory, Kazuo was not accepted for service in the Signal Corps. While such discriminatory treatment brought Kazuo acute disappointment, it fell well short of the humiliation experienced by Nisei soldiers stationed at Fort Riley, Kansas. When President Roosevelt visited that camp, these soldiers were herded under gunpoint into a plane hangar, which was surrounded on the outside by machine guns and tanks, and they were ordered to remain silent to look straight ahead for four hours until President Roosevelt had departed the Fort Riley camp. Time limitations will not permit an in-depth treatment by me tonight of the World War II military experience of Japanese Americans, but let me mention a few key points that will help to contextualize the experience of Kazuo Mizuda, Orange County's war hero. In early 1943, the American government reversed its policy on military service. The Japanese government had been making effective propaganda in Asia out of the incarceration of Japanese Americans. The camps appeared to confirm their depiction of the war as a racial conflict. To respond to the Japanese propaganda and under pressure from some Japanese Americans, most notably the Japanese American Citizen League, leadership and civil liberties organizations, President Roosevelt authorized the enlistment of Japanese Americans into the U.S. Armed Forces. Japanese Americans were now permitted to form a special segregated infantry outfit, the unit which could come to be, would come to be called the 442nd Infantry Regimental Combat Team. In Hawaii, where Japanese Americans had not experienced mass eviction and incarceration, and where Japanese Americans represented one-third of the population, the recruitment for this voluntary group exceeded all expectation. Instead of the 1,500 volunteers anticipated, 10,000 volunteers turned up at the recruiting offices, of which 2,645 men were selected. This situation was much different from that which occurred in the 10 mainland War Relocation Authority administered detention camps incarcerating Nikkei, where the response of 1,300 volunteers for the new all-Japanese-American unit 
was, to say the least, decidedly underwhelming. By June 1944, the men who signed on with the 442nd found themselves in Italy, fighting alongside the 100 Infantry Battalion, a battle-tested unit made up mostly of Japanese Americans from Hawaii. The 100th had been formed in 1942, before the ban had been placed on the enlistment of Japanese Americans, and they had seen action in North Africa and in Italy. And for months, the men in this unit had distinguished themselves in repeated assaults on the German lines as the Allies fought northward in Italy. The 100th had lost so many men that they came to be called the Purple Heart Battalion. The fall of Rome in June 1944 had boosted Allied morale, but it had not ended warfare in Italy, and new troops were needed to fight the Germans. As the campaign in Italy continued into the summer, the newcomers of the 442nd and the combat-wise survivors of the 100th would be asked to spearhead the 5th Army's drive northward from Rome. Kazuo Masuda was one of these newcomers. After training at Fort Ord, he moved on to Camp Crowder, Missouri, and then to Camp Shelby, Mississippi, where he received combat training and was assigned as a staff sergeant to Company F's 2nd Battalion, 442nd Regimental Combat Team. Before leaving for combat in Italy, Kazuo took advantage of a furlough to visit his family at their Jerome detention camp, Barrett's residence. While stationed in Italy in 1944, Masuda, then 24, wrote to his niece at the Gila River camp, to which the Masuda family had moved since his visit with them at Jerome. I sure do hope, he said, that the war will end soon so I can see you and all the people I used to know. When I come back, I will tell you about my experiences. Goodbye and write again soon. Sincerely, Uncle Kaz. Uncle Kaz was killed less than a month later. On August 27, 1944, while leading a patrol across the Arno River in Italy, Staff Sergeant Kazuo Masuda encountered a German machine gun nest. He fired 18 rounds from his Thompson submachine gun before he was cut down by the German machine gun bullets. Ironically, Kazuo's brother Takashi a replacement member of Company A of the 100th Infantry Battalion had shortly thereafter come by to visit his brother at the Arno River encampment, utterly aware, unaware of Kazuo's death. When informed of this situation, Takashi first paid his respects at Kazuo's gravesite, and then a few days later sought and was approved to take Kazuo's place in the 4th Platoon. Sadly, on November 3rd, 1944, Takashi himself was wounded in action while in combat, Rouvier's France. A third Masuda Nisei, Masao, before reporting to basic training and undertaking duty in the military intelligence service, was visiting his detained family at the Gila River camp in Arizona, when he was handed a telegram bearing the tragic news that Kazo had been killed in action. Masao then handed this telegram to his sister Mary so that she could read its sad contents to their parents. On December 18, 1944, the U.S. Supreme Court's decision in the Endo versus the United States of America case unanimously determined that the government could no longer detain Japanese American citizens, which the government had conceded as being loyal to the United States. This decision helped lead to the reopening of the West Coast for resettlement by Japanese Americans in 1945. However, many among the 80,000 still imprisoned in the war relocation authority camps were reluctant to return to their pre-war West Coast communities because of reading reports and hearing rumors that told of terrorist and intimidation threats by irate home front uh, residents, some of whom were said to be employing dynamite and gunfire to back up their threats. 
but there were nonetheless a substantial number of Japanese Americans who refused to be intimidated. One of these was Mary Masuda. In the spring of 1945, she decided to leave the Gila River camp and to travel to Talbert to check out local conditions there. She was surprised and dismayed to find that while the Masudas were incarcerated or serving their country in the military, another Orange County family had moved into their vacant home and farmed their land without telling them about this situation or compensating them for the use of either the house or the land. While she was visiting friends, an unidentified man telephoned and asked if Mary Masuda was there. When Mary answered, the man told her she better go back to the concentration camp because Japanese Americans weren't welcome in Orange County. Then on the night of May 11, 1945, she was confronted at the door to the Masuda home by four or five visitors who said that they represented the Navis Sons of the Golden West and that they were patriots. They told Mary that it would be in her best interest if they called a taxi for her to return to Los Angeles where she could catch a train to get her back to camp. They hinted that the road to Los Angeles wasn't safe for Japanese. The intimidation did not work. That night, Mary lay awake with this nagging thought. I came this far. I must fight for what Coswell and all the rest of the soldiers fought for. More determined than ever, Mary returned to the Gila River camp and in September 1945, in an act of extraordinary heroism, moved her family back to Talbert. Two months later, on Saturday morning, December 8, 1945, in a simple ceremony on the porch of the Masuda's small frame family home in Talbert, General Joseph Vinegar Joe Stilwell, a four-star general who had served as the commander of the China-Burma-India campaign, pinned the medal on Mary, who in turn pinned it on her mother. The medal was the Distinguished Service Cross, the second highest military decoration that can be awarded to a member of the United States. It had been awarded posthumously to Coswell Masuda for his gallant heroism and selfless devotion to duty and for exemplifying the highest traditions of the military forces of the United States. Inspired by Mary Suda's noble actions, the War Relocation Authority used this ceremony, which was broadcast nationwide, to send out a message about the steep price the Japanese Americans had paid during the war to safeguard democracy and also to send a warning that anti-Japanese actions such as those faced by Mary Masuda would not be tolerated. Instead of having a high-ranking officer residing in the local Orange County community, which was the general practice for awarding posthumous medals, the U.S. Army dispatched a top-flight big-name officer from Washington, D.C. to perform the honors. For his part, General Stilwell, following the reading of the Army's DSC citation for Sergeant Kazuo Masuda, stepped forward and saluted the Masuda family and said, it's an honor to be delegated to make this award. Moreover, following the medal presentation, General Stilwell participated later that same day in a rally in his honor, staged at the Santa Ana Bowl by the Council for Civic Unity and all Santa Ana civic organizations. Featured at this so-called United American Day Rally, the theme for which was American All, were representatives from an array of minority racial and ethnic groups plus a complement of Hollywood celebrities including Louise Albritton, Robert Young, and Will Rogers, Jr., who had attended the morning ceremony at the Masuda Farm. It was Rogers who introduced Stilwell, who then declared, who, after all, is the real American? The real American is the man who calls it a fair exchange to lay down his life in order that American ideals may go on living. And judging by such a test, Sergeant Masuda was a better American than any of us here today. The featured speaker at the rally, 
who capitalized on its theme of racial unity, world peace, and domestic harmony, was the actor and army captain Ronald Reagan, also a morning visitor to the Masuda farm, following Pearl Harbor when five Nisei produce clerks were fired from their jobs in Los Angeles as a patriotic gesture by the market's owner. Reagan and his mother allegedly gathered the market's customers together and won them over to an acceptance of the Nisei as Americans deserving fair play. And this action, in turn, inspired the market owner to reinstate his Nisei employees. Now in Santa Ana, Ronald Reagan delivered these stirring words. Blood that has soaked into the sands of the beach is all one color. America stands unique in the world, the only country not founded on race, but in a way an ideal. Not in spite of, but because of our polyglot background, we have had all the strength in the world. That is the American way. But there is still a bit more to the Masuda family story. In 1948, when Cosmo's remains had been disinterred from his grave in Italy and shipped to the United States for reburial in his native Orange County, the family had a rude surprise when they met with the manager of the Westminster Memorial Cemetery to make burial arrangements. He informed the family that the cemetery was a racially restricted one, and this meant that Sergeant Kazuo Masuda could not be buried in a desirable spot within the cemetery. Desirable meaning a central location with trees and a lawn. This revelation, when made public, provoked a sharp protest from the Orange County chapter of the Japanese American Citizen Leagues, as well as the feisty libertarian publisher-editor of the Santa Ana Register, R.C. Hoyles, who had editorially opposed the 1942 exclusion and detention of Japanese Americans, and later in 1945 had vigorously campaigned for Orange Counties to welcome, in a spirit of democratic humanitarianism, the county's returning Japanese residents. Japanese American residents, as public reaction in the county as a whole became intensely supportive on behalf of the Masudas, the cemetery manager reversed himself and allowed them the plot they desired for the burial of their son. Finally, on December 9, 1948, Kazuo Masuda came home. On that day in a funeral service with full military honors, he was buried in a quote-unquote desirable section of the Westminster Memorial Park. In the years following Kazuo Masuda's reburial in Orange County, his name and his family's story have become memorialized. November 2, 1957, witnessed the mustering in of the Kazuo Masuda Memorial Post 3670 of the Veterans of Foreign Wars in Huntington Beach. And then on December 17, 1975, the Kazuo Masuda School in Fountain Valley was dedicated. It was the first American public school named for a Nisei. Later, a Japanese garden was developed at the school, which in 1983 was converted from an elementary school into a middle school. One additional chapter to the story of the Mazuda family and its war hero son, Kazuo, was developed in relation to the culmination of the historic Japanese-American redress and reparation movement. That movement began in the 1970s when community activists began to campaign for some kind of redress for the wartime incarceration. This campaign led to President Jimmy Carter signing a bill in 1980 creating the Commission on Wartime Relocation and, and Internment of Civilians to determine whether any wrongs had been committed in the incarceration of Japanese Americans during World War II. This Blue Ribbon Committee held hearings across the nation, and it was in these hearings that hundreds of Nikkei survivors of the war camp, time camps told their stories, often for the very first time. In 1983, following its detailed investigation, the commission found that a grave injustice had been done 
the Japanese Americans and the Commission recommended that the federal government should formally apologize and that each survivor of the camp should be granted a tax-free payment of $20,000. Five years later, after the House of Representatives and the Senate uh, had voted to support these recommended redress measures, the Civil Liberties Act of 1988 still needed to be signed into law by the then President of the United States, you guessed it, Ronald Reagan. In the years since his 1945 talk at the San Ana Bowl, Ronald Reagan had moved substantially from the left to the right of the political spectrum. Thus, there was a widespread fear among the bipartisan congressional supporters of redress that President Reagan, who it was said objected to the $1.3 billion price tag, might very well veto the civil rights legislation. Back on November 19, 1987, Ruth Masuda Goto, Kazuo's youngest sister, wrote a letter to President Reagan reminding him of his words at the Santa Ana Bowl on December 8, 1945, and urged him to look favorably upon redress legislation if and when it came to him for approval. Now with that situation at hand, Governor Thomas Keene of New Jersey, a Republican supporter of redress, sent President Reagan a fresh copy of Ruth Masuda Goto's letter. It is said that this development turned the tide. At the August 10, 1988 signing ceremony, in which Ruth Masuda Goto was present, President Reagan recounted the Masuda story, placing special emphasis on the events in Talbert and Santa Ana on December 8, 1945. He then repeated the words that day of someone who he referred to as a young actor, after which he said, the name of that actor, and I hope I pronounce it right, was Ronald Reagan. And yes, the ideal of liberty and justice for all, he said, that is still the American way. Thank you and God bless you. And now let me sign H.R. 442, the redress bill for Japanese Americans, so fittingly named in honor of the 442. Thank you all again, and God bless you all. I think this is a fine day. The late Clarence Nishizu, the person who you must know was most responsible for the construction of the Orange County Agricultural and Nikkei Harris, not only raising the money, but raising the dream, was at that signing of the Civil Liberties Act. And according to his oral history that's in the archives of the Cal State Fullerton Center for Oral and Public History, this is the memory that Mr. Nishizu took away from this event. The president then signed the bill. I noticed that the first person whose hand the president shook after that was June Masuda Godos. He used both of his hands, holding his left hand over her hand to indicate sincerity. It was a very special moment for me. Thank you so much for your kind attention. Tonight is also a very special occasion for me, and I hope that it is for you as well.